monsters are most dangerous and most real. The Monsters Within. This week, we look at the monster of... Pride! Wow. Well, that was creepy. Is that... Is that... Wow. I'm scared. I don't even want... Ooh, Mufasa, pride. Ooh, say it again, pride. <laughs> Muhammad Ali, one of the greatest of all times, was on an airplane, uh, and they were about to take off, um, and he uh, refused to put on his seatbelt. The stewardess came by and said, I'm sorry, sir, would you please put on your seatbelt? And to that, he replied, uh, uh, Ali's Superman, and Superman don't need no seatbelt. Um, she said, sir, would you please put on your seatbelt? He says, I'm Superman. Superman don't need no seatbelt. So she goes on. Everybody else is getting ready. The flight is about to take off. She comes up one third and final time, this time marked with a little frustration, and says, I'm sorry, Mr. Ali, we cannot take off until you put on your, 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 your seatbelt. And he says, I'm Superman. Superman don't need no seatbelt. And to that, she replied, sir, Superman don't need no plane. Please put on your seatbelt. <laughs> Muhammad Ali was marked by something that we all at times have been marked by, and that is thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought. Um, th this idea of pride, um, let's be clear, it is a monster. And, and I think even, even above and beyond that, it's a monster that lives within all of us. I think if we go any further with any sense of denial and not a full recognition that pride, it lurks. Uh, in the book of Genesis, Jesus, uh, God speaks to, to Cain and he says, be careful, sin is like a crouching lion crouching right before you. It, 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 and I feel like pride is like that. Pride is something that just crouches and sits and is right there. And y'all, it's within all of us, the youngest of us to the oldest of us. Pride is right there. It's the very essence, this the very idea of thinking of ourselves more than what we should taking more power on for ourselves more than we should, making it about us when it really should be about someone who's bigger, who's greater. I think there are many areas in our life where we say, I'm Superman and I don't need no seatbelt. I don't need any restriction because what I think is right. My perspective is right. What I wanna do is right. And I don't need anything regulating compromising who I think I am and what I think I'm called to do. And I'm here to tell you, we ain't Superman. And Superman don't need no plane. So as we navigate life, we need to put on the seatbelt of humility. Everybody say humility. And, and, and here's the thing. Humility just don't come out of the air. Just like pride just doesn't go away. Pride shows up in us naturally and if unchecked, it will lead and, and guide our life. Here are just a couple of thoughts on what, what, of what God feels about pride. Proverbs 16, 5, hear this. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this. They will not go unpunished. I love it. He, te he tells us what we need to look for pride first. It's in the heart. 
It says, and the Lord detests the pride that shows up in the heart. It shows up in the heart, and he says, listen, if, if it goes unchecked, it won't go unpunished. Uh, Proverbs 16, 18, listen to this one. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. As you walk through the scriptures and as you see pride show up, oftentimes pride comes and then his little cousin come. Anybody when you was growing up, you had to take a little cousin with you or a little sibling with you that you didn't want to take with you? Come on, tell the truth. I know they might be in church, but they don't know you talking about them. Uh, any, anybody on the campuses? Anybody? It, it's like when you go, it's like your mama was like, now take your little brother or take your little cousin or take it. They got to come along with you. So everybody knew when they saw you, they saw somebody else tagging along. Pride always comes right before his little cousin, and that's fall. Pride always comes right before his little brother, and that's fall. In other words, whenever you see, you see this rhythm, as you look through the Proverbs, as you look through the scriptures, whenever you see pride come, pride is right there, and then just stick around. Failure is inevitable. Demise is inevitable. So if we don't check the pride, friends, if we don't check the pride, failure is inevitable. Pride comes right before the fall. So what it's training us to do is when you see pride, get ready. Destruction is right there. So whenever you see pride, you, you got you to pull it out. You got to get it out of there because it comes right before a fall. I've, um, I've missed seeing, seeing y'all and coming out here. Um, I wish I could have, you know, come out in, in June or August or something. I, why we waited to November, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> my body walked out of O'Hare. I was like, oh my sweet Jesus. Um, I just don't have Chicago clothes. I still don't. Uh, so I need to go shopping. I need a coat from Chicago. My little California coat does not make it uh, out of O'Hare. I need to buy one on this side of the coast. So I'll do that before I come back next month. Um, but what I've been spending a lot of time in personally in my own life um, and sitting with is, is really, it's, it's the idea of we know that pride is there but y'all, how do we put together a plan to get rid of it? And as I thought about our time together today, I said, I, I, I want us to know that pride is a part of us. Pride shows up. Pride, it's just going to show up naturally. You ain't got to invite it. It's like, you, it's, it's like some of your relatives uh, over the holidays. You ain't even got to invite them. They just going to show up. Pride is like that. You ain't got to invite them. They just going to show up. Do I have a plan to fight pride in my own life? Do I have a practice that helps me combat pride? Listen, we can be people of faith, but the question is, are we people of a practicing faith? And what practices have we put in place to keep pride from taking root in our heart? What practices have we put in place to make sure that humility comes forward? What practice, because listen, what I want you to understand is pride happens to you. Pride, pride will just happen to you. How do I practice my faith so that the Holy Spirit in my life can happen to pride? That was good. I'm going to say that again. Um, how, how do I put a practice in my faith? Because pride is just going to happen to me. Pride is going to show up. 
It's just gonna, it's just gonna show up. Pride, because it's a part of the sin nature, pride's just gonna show up. I'm gonna think of myself more than I should. I'm gonna think of myself more highly than I ought. I'm gonna think my way is better than God's ways on several occasions. I'm gonna make decisions outside of his will, and that is driven by pride. You can't even sin without having pride. Pride is the gateway sin because you think your way is better than God's. So how do I live a life where the Holy Spirit happens to the pride in my life? Because if I don't live in a way that the Holy Spirit happens to the pride in my life, then pride will happen to me in my life. And what happens after pride happens? The fall, the destruction. As I, as I search the scriptures, uh, as, as I think about the goat, Muhammad Ali is one of the greatest of all times. Uh, can you imagine uh, getting the compliment of the greatest of all times, one of the greatest of all times? Now imagine God giving you that compliment. In scripture, God gives David a compliment and he compliments his heart. And this is a big deal to us because where does pride show up? It shows up in the heart. And God says of David that David was a man after God's own heart. David, that's a that's a big compliment. Can you imagine somebody saying, saying that? I mean, I got compliments on my pants, but I ain't never got compliment like that from God. Like, that's amazing, right? Oh, you don't, you don't like my pants? Okay, all right, well. <laughs> to each his own. That's his own thing. Um, he says, David was a man after my own heart. But then, listen, so you get that kind of compliment, you want to pay attention. All right, well, let's check out David's heart. Yo, you go look at David's life, look at what he did, and you realize he was a hot mess. I mean, a murderer, adulterer, this guy made the bill? I know I'm going to get in. Thank you, Jesus, because if David could do it, Lord knows I could do it. I ain't done half the stuff he done. I've done some things, though. Don't get me wrong. I ain't perfect, but my goodness, his rap sheet is bad. How does he get a compliment like that from God? First of all, it should show you that the goal ain't perfection. Will you stop looking at other people and comparing yourselves to them, thinking that it creates this envious? No, 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 no. It's not about perfection. It ain't about having it all together. It's about having a heart. Psalm 27, verse 4, we get a glimpse into David's heart. We get a glimpse into David's heart. And I think, friends, as we fight against pride and we invite the Holy Spirit to happen in the pride of our life, to happen to the pride in our life. That, that's what I want us to do today. I want us to invite the Holy Spirit to happen to the pride in our life so the pride won't happen to us, so that pride won't happen to us. And to give us a roadmap on how to fight pride, I want to go to the GOAT, the greatest of all times, uh, who, who received this beautiful compliment about his heart. How do I cultivate a heart that could be complimented by God. Well, we look at David, we zoom in a little bit, and we get a glimpse of his heart. Psalm 27, verse four, David says, one thing I ask from the Lord, um, and that only do I seek. First of all, David, how you get down to one thing? I, I got so many things I want to ask of the Lord. I got so many. I'm, I'm asking the Lord, and, and you got one thing? He says, there's, a, there's, there's the key. My heart, out of all the things that I desire, I desire one thing above all. And that one thing will I seek after. David is trying to teach us a lesson. You can want 27 things, but still not get the right thing. 
You could have a list of 27 things what's in it and it be all and they all be it, they all be they all be good things, they all be right things, but you can still miss the God thing. You can get it all right and still get it all wrong. So he says, I got my heart down to one thing. Click, 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 click. I've dialed my heart down to only want one thing from God. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Simply put, I want to be where he is. I want to gaze upon his glory. Because if I'm where he is, and if I'm gazing upon his glory, what I behold, I will become. And if I get the main thing, I'll get all the other things. So, Lord, I don't want to mess around and have this list of all these things, but miss the right thing, miss the one thing. So, Lord, I'm going to focus on the one thing, and that is you, your glory, your presence, your power, your peace, your love. I'm going to focus on your presence because it's hard to be proud in your presence. Come on in here. Can I get a witness? So he says, every morning when my feet hit the ground, one thing have I desired, and that will I seek after. Lord, I want to gaze upon your glory today. You want to fight pride in your life? You want to fight, 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 fight pride in your life? Be careful of the glory counterfeit. So number, point number one, for those of you A-type personalities that's actually taking notes today, uh, and the rest of y'all should. I've been working on this all week. You're just going to sit and look at me, write something down. Um, point number one, if you want to fight pride, beware of the glory counterfeit. David says, what I'm going to do to fight pride in my life, to fight sin in my life, he says, above everything else, I'm going to get in his presence and I'm going to gaze upon his glory because what I behold, I become. What I behold, I become. So I spin time in his presence. It's hard to be proud in his presence. It's hard not to be reminded of his greatness, his goodness, his glory, and his power in his presence. It's hard for you to be God when you're in the presence of the real God. The, the Secret Service and the Treasury Department um, the FBI, when they talk about um, counterfeit money, it's interesting how they train uh, their officers to detect it. In my mind, I would think if we're, you know, if we're trying to find out counterfeit money, we're going to look at some counterfeits uh, and, and see what they did. Oh, the ink was wrong on this one. Oh, okay, his nose is backwards on that one. Or, oh, man, it's smudged on my hand. They don't do that at all. They don't, they don't spend time with fake money at all. It's fascinating. You know what they do? They put them in the room with real money, and they make them spend hours there. And they study it, and they analyze it, and they study it, and they analyze it. And they spend days and days looking at real money. The idea is that they know emphatically what the real thing looks like, they can identify a counterfeit very easily. I guess what I'm saying is your glory is a counterfeit glory. 
your pride, your arrogance, it's counterfeit. It is not the real thing. But if you spend time in the presence of his glory, gazing upon his glory, spending time looking and resting in his power, resting in his peace, resting in his love, you will know the real thing. And when the counterfeit tries to show up in your own heart, you can identify it and call it out. When's the last time you spent time gazing in his glory? See, see, what happens is pride blinds you. Pride deafens you. Pride literally sets you up. That's how you fall because you can't see and you can't hear. That's why you fall. That's why destruction is inevitable. Because you refuse to see wisdom. You refuse to hear wisdom. You were just intoxicated by your own glory, your own power. It's hard for you to trust God when you're sitting in the seat of God. So that pride says, I know what I'm doing. I got what I'm doing. No, no, no. And you, some of you even tell, I know what I'm doing. Don't tell me nothing. Don't, I don't want to hear it. You, you ever saw somebody that didn't, didn't know what they was doing? And they didn't know that they, was know, that they didn't know what they was doing? And they just walking around. And then you try to help them. You try to say, hey, I, you might want to, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. No, no, no. What do you do? You just, okay. And can't nobody help this fool, right? The fool kids in the biblical sense, in the, with the way that the Bible calls it, uh, lacking wisdom. You know what happens with pride? It, 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 it repels wisdom. So when, when pride takes root in your heart, Wisdom is hard to come around because it just repels it. Friends, one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself to fight pride in your own heart, in your own life, is get before the presence of the Almighty God and remind yourself, he's God, I'm not. My life equals his glory, not my life equals my glory. It ain't about me, God, it's about you. Humility, Tim Keller says, is not about thinking less of yourself, but it's about thinking of yourself less. Father, may I think of you. May I think of your purpose. And may my life be about you and not about me. And in your glory, may I know well the counterfeit when it shows up, especially in my own heart and in my own life. Amen? The, 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 the second thing is, is, is this idea of, of the, the, the beware of the counterfeit glory. Um, and number two... Um, it's, it's, it's this idea of turning the volume down in your life. You got to turn the volume down in your life. Because if pride causes me not to hear, I need to be intentional about the volume knobs in my life. I need to be intentional about the spaces where I am. What I, what I love about David, and as I look at David's life, and really as I look at Jesus' life, one of the ways that they combated pride, because we want the Holy Spirit to happen to the pride that happens in our life, is giving the Holy Spirit that space to actually do that work. Giving the Holy Spirit that space to actually do that work. In Psalm 91, uh, you'll see in verses 1 and 2, David had a practice. 
He had a practice. And that's what I want to push you today. In order to combat pride and to cultivate humility in your life, you got to be intentional. You got to build a practice. David had a practice. David says this, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Uh, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him whom I will trust. Notice the language as David talks about his life. He says, God is a fortress. God is a, God is a, God is a resting place. God is a, is, is a, is a covering. It's this idea that, 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 that I, I, I run away to my hiding place. Some even call it the secret place. I run away to the shelter. I run away to the place where, where God protects me, covers me. He is my fortress. You want to practice the presence of God and resist pride in your life? You got, you got to leave the crowd. You got to run away. You got to cultivate a secret space with God. A space where you open your heart and you open your mind and you open your soul to the Lord. And you say, Lord, show me me. Watch this, watch this. Not, not, not show me my spouse. Some of you got a special spiritual gift. You can see the enemy working in other people's lives in abundance. You just, you can walk in the room and say, I can see the devil working in you. I can see the devil working in you. I can see the devil working in you. I come to church, I can see the devil working out. You got, praise the Lord for that gift. Let's sit that aside for a second. I thank you for that gift. Let's just put that right over there uh, in, in the basket. And let's open up a conversation and say, the Holy Spirit, show me me. Because there ain't no points in us talking about pride if you ain't willing to ask to see it. And if you're going to ask to see it, that means you got to be willing around and stick around for the answer. Hello in here, somebody. Lord, show me the pride in me. Can we all acknowledge that there's sin? There is pride in us? The question is, are you willing to ask God to show it to you? And if he shows it to you, are you willing to listen? See, I think our biggest fight against the pride in our life and the reason why pride happens to us because the volume in our life is so loud. We've got so much going on. Our life is so loud. The finances are so loud. The marriage is so loud. School is so loud. The anxiety is so loud. The crisis is so loud. The burden is so loud. The needs are so loud. Everything's so loud and then we want God to speak to us and it's not that he ain't speaking. It's just that our life is so loud so it's in the secret place in the the presence of God when we ask him turn the volume of our lives down Shh, turn the marriage down Shh, turn the anxiety down Shh, turn the burden down so that in the stillness and the quietness we can hear the voice of God speaking Some of you right here, right now, you're wondering, Lord, why aren't you speaking? It's not that he's not speaking. It's that your life is so loud. You've got to turn it down so that you might hear the power and the glory of God speaking to you about you. Which answers the age-old question by the young prophet Lou John turned down for what? I know only 40% got it, but it was worth it for the 40%. That was good. That was good. Yeah. Why am I turning down, little John? I'm turning down so that I can hear the voice of God speaking 
You know what he speaks to? He speaks to your identity. He tells you who you are and whose you are. But not only that, he tells you who you ain't. You're not God. Stop acting like it. You're not in control. Stop acting like it. I died on the cross. You didn't. I rose from the dead. You didn't. So stop acting like you're God in that situation. You're really confident. You're really arrogant. You're really prideful in your ability. Shh, turn your pride down so that you might turn God's glory up. Turn your pride down so that you might turn God's glory up. How does that happen? In the willingness to get away in the secret place with God and say, Lord, show me my pride. The next argument you have with your spouse, let the first prayer you pray not be for the Lord to bring conviction upon her foolish ways and ideas. Lord, help my husband in his foolish, ignorant mind. I know, put that prayer aside. You got that one down. You've been praying that for 20 years. The Lord ain't answered it yet. I don't think he gonna answer it that way. What if the next time your prayer was, Lord, show me the pride in me. Help me in this moment to be marked by humility and to show up as a servant and keep my pride at bay so that your glory might come to full fruition. Your glory might come to the center. Next time you're in, a, in an issue with a coworker, what, what if the first prayer you prayed was, Lord, as we move forward in a challenging conversation, may my pride sit in the very backseat. As a matter of fact, may my pride be kicked out the backseat, kicked out. And may your glory be invited in. And may I lead not with pride, but with humility marked by your glory. You ain't doing that with, without the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to tell you that right now. That's supernatural. You know what's natural? To give you a piece of my mind and to get something off my chest. I don't know why we're so quick to give our pieces of our minds away and to give our chest away. Keep your chest and your mind and invite the Holy Spirit to help you be who God's called you to be. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Pride is so integrated in who we are. There's no way you fight against it without the power of the Holy Spirit. And there's no way you get the power of the Holy Spirit moving in your life if you don't take time to say, Holy Spirit, show me me. So turn the volume down. Turn the volume down. Be careful of the counterfeit glory. He, he got the real glory, not us. And second, turn the volume down so that you might hear his voice speaking to you. Watch this, about you. Not speaking to you about somebody else. Holy Spirit, speak to me about me and where the pride shows up in my life. Where the pride shows up in my life. Back home, we have... Uh, a, a, a restaurant that my family loves. It's called Raising Canes. I don't know if y'all have Raising Canes. Do y'all have Raising Canes out here? Oh, y'all, let me tell you something. Raising Canes got some of the best chicken. They just, tell, they just sell chicken tenders, right? And they got this buttery Texas toast bread, and they got real sweet tea, not this unsweet green stuff that they have down in California. They got real sweet tea, you know, that sweet, good, you know, like diabetic tea, that diabetes tea. Um, so it's, it's right around the corner from our house. It's right around the corner from our house. We love it. It's our favorite restaurant. We never go. We never go. Why? Because the lines are too long. And it's not even that the lines are too long, but the lines are too long, too long. 
Like you can be out there and you know what, I, I had black facial hair. By the time I got my chicken, it was all gray. That's how long the line was. So instead of going to the place we love most, we love it most, we go around the corner to Chick-fil-A. Because we love Chick-fil-A, we love Chick-fil-A. And, and Chick-fil-A, we go there, but the lines are long there, but the lines ain't long, long. The, the, the lines there ain't long, long. We be, we be standing around, the, we be in the car, we ain't even at Chick-fil-A yet, we on another street. Somebody come knocking on our, on our window. We be like, whoa, whoa. It's like, hello, welcome to Chick-fil-A. How can I help you, please? They got a headphone set, an a, a, a iPad. I be like, we ain't even at Chick-fil-A yet. But he's like, but we know you're on your way, and we want your chicken ready when you come. <laughs> it's like, what in the world? You know what? They got a great product, and they've developed a system. They developed a system that matches the greatness of their product. This is what I'm trying to say. If systems need to be developed, how much more does your soul need to be developed? Some of you, you're a great product, you're a great person, but your soul is underdeveloped. And if you don't pay attention to the counterfeit glory, and if you don't learn to leave the crowd and turn the volume down, you run the risk of, here's my third point, being overexposed and underdeveloped. A good organization says it's not enough just to have a good product, but we got to develop a system that can support the product. And what I'm saying is if a system needs to be developed, how much more does your soul need to be developed? It's not enough just to be a, a good person and have good vision and good hope and good intentions. Your best intentions will be thwarted, will be disrupted, will be devastated by your poor soul development. Let me say that again. Oh, you should put that on Twitter or for a lot of folks in this crowd, Facebook. Uh, your, no, that's, that's absolutely no shade in that. I have a Twitter page and a Facebook page and a TikTok, by the way, where I, I twership, I twerk and worship Jesus. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. I just twerk. Um, It's not enough to have good intentions because your good intentions will be damaged and devastated by poor soul development. You want to have a life without pride, but you ain't going to have it if you don't develop your soul. Cultivate your soul. You'll be overexposed and underdeveloped. God says, come away with me. Let's cultivate your soul. Let's help you truly be who God's called you to be. Someone who's marked by humility. And the only way you get there is if you don't allow pride to happen to you, but you invite the Holy Spirit to happen to your pride. Mm. You have to make this your mantra. It's a song I grew up singing. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him. Daily in his presence live.
I surrender all. Hey, that's my key. Come on now. I surrender all. I love this part. All to be my blessed Savior. I surrender. You want to fight pride in your life? May this be your daily prayer for his glory. <laughs>